Hi, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, In One Ear and Out the Other, brought to you by Anexivets. I'm Emma Franklin. And I'm Katrina Roberts, although most people call me Trin. We're both dairy vets at Anexa Veterinary Services in the Waikato, New Zealand. Trina and I have been working together for about 15 years, usually at the back end of a cow. One of the things, though, that we have in common is a passion for learning and sharing that knowledge with other vets and farmers. So here we are making this podcast series specifically aimed at the staff on dairy farms rather than just the bosses. Yeah, you and I have usually found quite a bit to talk about, and today is no exception. I've been a dairy vet with special interest in herd health, including in-calf and milk quality, as well as a headlands consultant for many years now. And it's become clear to me that we need to do more to ensure that the people on the ground are getting the best information at the right time. So we're here to give you some tips about the practical aspects of animal health on farm. Right, well, I think that's enough about us. Time to talk cows. So today we're going to chat to you about what you can do with a sick or a lame cow during mating. On a farm, you can have the best systems in the world to make sure that everything goes smoothly, but there will still be some cows that get sick or go lame. Now, the first thing I'd like to say is that if there are more cases than you'd expect or things aren't progressing how you feel they should, then make sure you have a chat with your own vet sooner rather than later to try to figure out what's going on and then you can sort out the underlying causes. That said, though, let's talk some general terms about these sick and lame girls. Now, there's never a good time to have to treat cows, but when mating is right upon us, it's particularly frustrating because these cows will have a poorer in calf rate, won't they, Train? Yes, in most cases, that's true. There's been lots of research in this area, for example, Australian and New Zealand research combined into the effect of lameness has shown that lameness in cows during mating can lower six-week in calf rates from between 2 to 17% and increase the number of cows not in calf by 3 to 12%. At the individual cow level, there is always going to be a negative impact. But at the herd level, of course, the size of that impact depends on how many lame cows you actually have. Working as an in-calf advisor and also being a bit of a numbers geek. <laughs> numbers geek? That's a bit of an understatement, Train. You do love a good Excel sheet. Yeah, guilty as charged. I have analysed the performance of cows uh, with mastitis and lameness uh, and compared those to the unaffected cows in quite a lot of herds that I know quite well. And what is interesting is the range of results. In some herds, these sick cows actually get in calf quite well, but in other herds, they're terrible. So what we want to share with you today is a little bit about the possible reasons for these differences. So we can give you uh, some advice so that you can give these cows the best chance. Right. Lovely. So we'll come back to that in a little bit more later on. But first of all, I'd just like to explain some of the biology behind why cows that are sick or lame during mating have poor conception rates. Because when a cow has an infection, regardless whether that might be mastitis or foot rot, for example, her body attempts to cure it. And in doing this, the inflammatory cascade begins. Now, this inflammation is really important for the body in terms of fighting the infection but it will also have some unwanted effects on the cow too. Firstly, it might cause a severe fever, so a high temperature, and this can cause embryonic loss if there's a little baby in there, if she's already pregnant. Secondly, the prostaglandins that cause the inflammatory cascade may lead to lysis or breakdown of the corpus luteum or the CL as we often call it. And this CL is the structure on the ovary telling the cow that she is pregnant for those first few weeks. And in the non-pregnant cow, the CL controls the normal cycle length. So determines when she's actually going to come on heat. 
Yeah, that's right, Em. So both of these points, a high fever or a stuffed CL, may interfere with the normal repro of that cow. But the effect of an illness goes further than that. With sick animals eating less, they mobilise body condition, and therefore they're less likely to have a heat. If they do show a heat, the chances are that won't be a very strong heat. Therefore, it's harder to detect. Research shows that milk production and dry matter intakes often drop well before lame cows are detected as lame. Lame cows walk less, walk slower, they graze less, and they sit more. All these factors uh, lead to severe negative energy balance if they're not corrected. True. Now, let's come back to some of the things that the listeners can do on their farms to try to maximise the chances of those sick or lame cows getting in calf. First thing is finding and drafting these cows early. By this, I mean don't wait for them to be really obviously lame or sick before you take them out of the main herd. Get them out as soon as you see them looking a little bit off. Secondly, treating them effectively. Now, this is going to be different depending on the condition. And we don't plan on doing a full drug consult in this podcast. But if you are trying to maximize the in-calf rate of an individual cow, any condition that causes inflammation should be treated with an anti-inflammatory drug. And there's some pretty good science behind this. Have a chat to your vet about what other supportive therapies they recommend for the general sick cow. But they're like likely to include oral metabolic support and some sort of vitamin mineral supplements in addition to the cow's specific treatment. For a lame cow, this will include picking up the hoof, trimming it appropriately, and putting a block on the good claw. Yeah, absolutely. Pain relief and gut support is just so important for those girls. I think in really simple terms, if a cow is not so sore or she's not feeling so awful, she's just more likely to be up and eating, isn't she? She's recovering, she'll be making milk and getting back to that normal repro cycle. Whereas the cow without that proper treatment and support, she's going to be just feeling miserable, looking sad or for food and potentially getting ketosis and going into that negative downward spiral. Yeah, we all hate seeing those cows, don't we? So the next point will be is, thirdly, keep her out of the main herd for a long time and give her some PLC, some tender loving care. Things like milking them once a day, uh, make sure the sick mob is in a paddock close to the cow sheds, they don't have to walk so far, and ensuring that the sick mob is well fed. And one example for helping with their feed intakes might be having a palm kernel trailer in the paddock by the trough for this mob so they don't have to walk so far to feed and water. We also want to make sure that there is some shelter in the sick mob uh, paddock. So that might be a hedge line or it might be the back of a barn where they can get out of the wind. And lastly, ensure that there are bulls in the sick mob so that if these cows do come on heat and you don't see them because they aren't exhibiting very strong signs of heat, the bull can still get them in calf. So you've mentioned that these cows can come bulling trained. So if you do notice that you've got a sick or a lame cow come on heat, should you still put her up to AB? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, having said all those points about how much sickness affects these cows, cows are amazingly resilient animals. So if she has shown signs of heat despite her illness during the mating period, she should be mated. If you wanted to be super fussy, you could obviously use a cheap AB straw, I guess. But to be honest, if she's on heat and has had appropriate treatments, then just AB her. The key is, though, is making sure that on the day of AB, we actually look after her a bit more than a normal cow. So while she's waiting for the AB tech to turn up, 
make sure she doesn't get overly stressed. So for a lame cow, this would be don't keep her on the concrete for a couple of hours or so. And once she has been inseminated, make sure she returns back to that sick mob um, and doesn't go to the main herd because getting mixed up with, uh, you know, other cows is going to be a bit of a shock for her on the day that she's inseminated. I guess it is also worth keeping in mind that these cows that are sick during mating may have other predisposing factors that put them on the cull list anyway. So maybe she's an old cow with a saggy udder. That's why she's had mastitis. Or maybe she's a lame cow and she's lame every season due to poor hoof confirmation. In both of these examples, it probably isn't worth putting a straw into them if they come on heat. Absolutely. Okay, thanks for that, Train. Now, I just want to summarise some of those points that we've made to maximise the chances of getting your sick or lame cow pregnant. So firstly, find them early, remove them from the herd. Second, treat them appropriately for whatever is making them unwell. Talk to your vet or check your herd's drug chart, your prescription for the specifics. Number three, time and TLC. Don't rush them back to the herd. Give them plenty of stress-free time with good feeding, allowing them to recover. Number four, keep a bull in with the sicky mob so that he can pick up those cows that are hard for you to detect on heat. And number five, lastly, if they are on heat, it is probably still worthwhile putting them to AB. Yes, it is. As while there are no guarantees that she will hold to AB, we can definitely guarantee she won't get in calf if she isn't mated. True, very true. Well, that's us for this episode. Thank you for listening to In One Ear and Out the Other. If you have any topics that you would like us to talk about, just get in touch. You can contact us on Facebook Messenger if you search for Anexadiri Vets or through our webpage, anexa.co.nz, or you can flick one of us an email. My email address is efranklin at anexa.co.nz. And mine is kroberts at anexa.co.nz. And if you do go onto our website, you'll find that there are loads more helpful articles, tips and information there that you can access. And you can also sign up to get our newsletters emailed to you every month. And of course, we can come to your farm and do some farm specific training uh, in a topic in any topics that you're interested in. So if you think that sounds like something that will be useful for your farm team, then get in touch with your vet. Thanks for joining us. And hopefully you'll hear from us again soon with another episode of In One Ear and Out the Other. See you later.